Next on BYU Sports Nation, aloha, BYU football bowl game bound, four straight wins and a winning record against rivals. Is it time to hashtag extend Kalani? Is there reason to be concerned over Zach Wilson's performance on Saturday? Plus, Houston has a problem. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Gentle push with a mild arc, and the cowhide globe hits home for TJ Hawes. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with the man who's ready to hula in late December, Jerem Jordan. Yeah, everyone's stoked, right? BYU uh, invited to the uh, Hawaii Bowl, so guess what? Uh, we're going to be there. We're going yep, to Hawaii. Yep, yep. We're going to Hawaii. We're going to be with the team. It's going to be awesome. We're going to do a bunch of shows. Oh, yeah. And uh, oh, yeah. there's another one behind it. That's all right. Let's go. Uh, that's, let's go. Yeah, let's get the blue. We're all right, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Here we go. I'm uh, not sure who uh, tangled this around my chair. Uh, okay. There we go. Uh, hey, there, there we go. All right. We go. BYU going to Hawaii. We're going to do shows December 20th through the 24th. I imagine not on Sunday. Uh, yeah, noon Eastern time. BYU TV, BYU Radio. We're stoked. We're stoked. We're going to bring you the best coverage from the bowl game. So we didn't go to Pocatello or sorry uh, Boise last year, but we've been to every bowl game since the start of the show. Besides that one. Yeah, collectively. Yeah, we're I like, would... you know what, boys. You know what, we're good. <laughs> We'll be there next year. <laughs> uh, BYU played in Boise last year. Maybe that was our motivation. Hilarious uh, that Zach Wilson said, you know, thankfully we're going to Hawaii, not to Idaho next year. <laughs> Listen, Boise's a great place. I was oh, pointing out that Boise. Like, Zach, you went 18 for 18 at Boise. Yeah. Come on, man. It was too easy. You know? Yeah, okay. Western Michigan. Absolutely jam-packed show today. <laughs> Trevor Maddich on Kalani Satake's status as the right man for BYU football. Nick Robinson, assistant coach for BYU basketball on how TJ Haas' buzzer beater affects postseason expectations. <laughs> Plus our going for two picks and Jamal Williams endears himself once again to BYU Sports Nation. Let's get to a wealth of BYUSN headlines on Monday. BYU football beats Idaho State 42-10 to on senior day to clinch a bowl game berth. Lock in that home winning record and move their win streak to four. It's about to be five. Micah Simon led the team in receiving yards with 76, scored a rushing touchdown, and made the unofficial catch of the year. Stupid penalties. BYU also found the end zone on defense thanks to senior Austin Lee. First and ten for the Bengals. Play action over the middle, up into the air, and intercepted. Austin Lee, and he's into the end zone. Touchdown! The Cougars on senior day for Austin Lee. The Cougars roll after that. Zach Wilson in his first start back from a broken thumb goes 19 for 31, two touchdowns and an interception. Sione Finau had led the Cougars with 100 yards rushing and a touchdown. Up next for BYU, 1-9 UMass. Cougars currently a 39-point favorite in that game. It's 39? It started at 44, I thought. Well, Northwestern was 44. I, I don't know. Did, oh, did BYU th- open as 44? Yeah, maybe it's 39. Sorry, yeah. Men's Hoops takes down Houston 72-71 on a TJ Haas buzzer beater. Harding inbounds to Haas with three seconds. Haas pulls up, fades away. Gets it! Houston! TJ Haas! Yes! 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 
<laughs> yes! That's yes! Mark. You're hearing Mark Durant as he's hugging TJ Haas. <laughs> like, what a moment. Jason Shepard on the call. That was the number two play on SportsCenter. Congrats to Jason uh, and Mark. They were mentioned by name on SportsCenter. Jason Shepard on the so call. That's so awesome. Uh, what a win. Ken Palm had this as an A game, and uh, that was BYU's only non-conference A game. He had Houston as uh, number 28 in his rankings. Big-time non-conference road win. Probably a quad one uh, win on Selection Sunday. Alex Barcelo of the Cougars with 16 points. BYU plays at Boise State Wednesday night. Uh, maybe Zach Wilson will accompany the team. I don't know. But we'll talk to Nick Robinson about everything that went into that moment and the celebration after coming up later in the show. Yes! Yeah, baby! BYU women's soccer <laughs> dominates Boise State 5-1 to one at Southfield in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Four different Cougars scored, including the brace. Two goals from Cameron Tucker. BYU into the second round for the 11th time in 20 trips to the bracket. They host Louisville on Thursday, 9 Eastern. No, make that 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific. And Fred Warner led the 49ers with 12 tackles and a tackle for loss yesterday in a comeback against the Cardinals, 36-26. Cardinals were up four late in the game. Why are you angry? Come on! Because uh, Seattle would have the tiebreaker today okay. if the Cardinals had All right. Warner uh, leads the team with 70 tackles. So congrats to Fred. Yes, congratulations, Fred. We, oh. we good with these or are we still going? Let's go, the man. Whole, Keep okay. Sure, All yeah. Right, right. It's a good look. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Kalani Satake had some hard conversations that took place following BYU's loss to South Florida. Since that time, the staff moved around responsibilities. Players have responded. The Cougars have won four straight. They're going to a bowl game. They beat Boise State. They beat Utah State. Jerem, is now the time to extend Kalani. Okay, hear me out on this. It's going to take a moment. Hear me out. Blind resume is this. Let's look at it, okay? 26-23 and 23 record. 3-9 and nine versus rivals. 0-4 versus Utah. 17-19 and 19 without Taysom Hill and Jamal Williams. The last two-plus seasons. Hmm. But yes, it is the time. Let me explain why. Some would say, uh, who will be better? You can still break up with your girlfriend and not know who the next person is. It's all good. I think that Kalani Stake is the guy. We all love his personality. We all love him. He's an amazing individual. Is he the guy for the job? Yes is the answer, despite the blind resume I just presented. BYU's headed in the right direction. Four-game win streak. BYU's made the changes. New efficiency with the coaching staff. BYU has that uh, four wins in a row. Recruiting needs this continuity as they hit the trail and in about a month have a new class, right? Um, the D.C. that we all respected at Utah, that guy has shown up at BYU the last couple of games as well. Aaron Roderick and Jeff Grimes have rediscovered some offensive mojo. It's time to extend Kalani. And the Neil Pau uh, video came out from the locker room. I'm not sure that was intended to get out, but it did. Tom Homo had an extend Kalani shirt on as well. Uh, the players had it after the game. Um, I would expect that Kalani Sataki will be extended at some point. And there is something to what have you done for me lately, right? I know you presented yeah. the overall blind resume. But yes, I think it's important to assess impact. the whole tenor, right? There Tenure. is real impact in what have you done for me lately. And Kalani Satake has done for BYU what he has not been able to do previously in three seasons before this, and that's beat rivals, beat Boise State, beat Utah State. The Cougars will finish with the winning record. They're going to beat UMass and have at least seven wins. Like, at worst, this season is going to be seven and six, but we think it's going to be better than that. And the players clearly want it. I mean, if they're yeah. holding up hashtag extend Kalani t-shirts in the post game, they're pretty much collectively in, right? Yeah, well, you're not going to see anyone saying, don't extend Kalani, and then they lose their scholarship today. <laughs> I know it's 26 and 23, 
There's the one abominable season in 2017, the season that probably shouldn't be named anymore, but three winning seasons out of four, winning record against rivals this year. And I want to take you back to a moment where Ed Orgeron was the temporary coach at USC. The USC players wanted Ed Orgeron. They were all in. He helped turn things around. Things were super weird in Southern California. He got that ship righted, and USC did not hire him as the head coach. Do you think they want Ed Orgeron at USC now as he's the number one team at LSU? That was a miss by LSU. The players want it. They're bought in. It's time to hashtag extend Kalani. Yeah, absolutely. He deserves it. I think it is important to look at the whole, like it all, it hasn't all been strawberries and cream. No, per four se, and nine. I mean, right? four and nine. And, and post Taysom Hill, Jamal Williams, uh, BYU is a, a losing team, right? But the last four games have been enough apparently, to say, you know what? Let's extend this guy well, and let's and keep going. And Tennessee and USC too, right? Right, but also losing to Toledo and South Florida in the same breath. Um, I, I feel like Kalani Sataki is the guy. Now, next year's schedule is tough. Like, like he's going to go into the last year of his current contract unless he's extended. We expect him to be extended based on the Tom Homo. You know, the AD doesn't wear a T-shirt if he ain't going to extend him, right? And that hug with Kalani meant a lot. So here we go. Topic two. Zach Wilson made his return to the field after seven weeks following a broken right thumb at Toledo. He went 19 of 31, two touchdowns, one pick, three sacks. Spencer, is there reason to be concerned over Zach Wilson's performance on Saturday against Idaho State? No, it's exactly what I expected. I expected him to have some struggles. It's been almost two months since he took live game reps. And I know it's Idaho State, but still, the speed of the game is different when you're in an actual game compared to practice. And he was taking first-team reps for the first time after six weeks. This is what I expected. Zach didn't look sharp. The offense struggled early, but some of that was because of penalties. He still threw a dime to Micah Simon, which should have been like one of the top three plays of the year. Hey, it still might be. You know what? We'll do a top ten and throw it in there. Holy (laughs) cow. I thought Zach did some really nice things. I thought he threw a good pass to Talon Shumway that he was able to high point to his receiver. Uh, The interception late was the low point of Zach Wilson's performance on Saturday, but it's, it's what I expected. I expected there to be some ugly moments. We saw some athletic running ability again. Like I, I think it was exactly what I expected. Don't be concerned. Now, if Zach Wilson goes on the road and like struggles against UMass, then maybe we can start to have this conversation, but this was the first game back. So no, I don't think there's any reason to be concerned right now. I expected zero ugly against Idaho State. It's Idaho State, the three and seven. Why should there be any seven ugly? week laugh? You expected no be? rust. No, no, no. I didn't say no rust. I said zero ugly. Well, rust like, is ugly, like, right? Cra- not necessarily. Ugly is like picks, sacks, blah, blah, blah. Right? Um, yes. There's a little concern. I'm not overly concerned. There's a little concern. You shouldn't struggle against Idaho State. I don't, I don't care if you've been out seven weeks. Come on. Man. What? It's really? Not, it's an FCS team. What, come on. Zach Wilson should have been better in this game, undoubtedly. Well, what, did you, what do you want from him? Tell me that. What, what is acceptable? I don't want a pick. I don't want three sacks. Three sacks against an FCS team? Are you kidding me? No. Well, is that all I'm not, on Zach that I'm he not was over, sacked three times? I'm not overly concerned about Zach because UMass is there. All this right. is all prepped for San Diego State. So, in hindsight, it was good that he played in this game because apparently it took some rusty play against Idaho State to get ready for San Diego State because if BYU wins that, they're on a roll. It's a six-game win streak. You're eight and four. Things are rolling. Things are good, right? Uh, by then, maybe have you extended Kalani? Do you feel like, like, who knows, right? You're going into these next couple of games trying to win. UMass is the worst team in FBS. They are. They're the worst in scoring defense. They're the worst in total defense. 
BYU should put up a bunch of points, even more. Like, 42 was fine, but I felt like BYU probably should have put up 49 or 56 or something against that team. BYU basketball, by the way, Jerem, makes the most of the weekend. And they do this precursor to BYU football locking in the bowl game. The Cougars on Friday night go to Houston and with TJ Haas' buzzer beater get a monumental win for their resume, which brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU basketball's win at Houston is the first Ken Palm Tier A road win since BYU beat Gonzaga, the then number one Zags, in 2017. It's been a long time since BYU won a game like this. It's been a long drought. The Cougars, 3-1 through four games. Boise State, maybe not as good as we think they are in basketball, so BYU could be 4-1 and one through the first five. That said, how does the win at Houston change your postseason projections for BYU basketball? It doesn't. Uh, I still think BYU, it's going to be a tough to get. You need three or four more of these to really be in a great spot on Selection Sunday, right? You're going up against kind of mediocre, uh, you know, power six teams that have a lot of these games and a couple more wins in BYU. So this was awesome, no doubt. And, and this makes you think, okay, can BYU kind of go five and four, six and three without Yoli Childs? We'll see. BYU made enough plays to win this game. Led for 35 minutes. Almost blew it. <laughs> BYU turns it over twice in the last three possessions. Luckily, TJ Haas saves the day and makes this uh, amazing buzzer-beating all-time shot at BYU. Um, I, I think it will be tough to be in an at-large position on Selection Sunday, but that doesn't mean I'm not going to enjoy this and others that may come like it uh, throughout the season. It changes the postseason expectations for me in terms of now BYU has a quality win that I was not anticipating they would have this early in the season. So now if BYU loses to UCLA and Hawaii in the opening round of the tournament, there's not as much of a dire effect or, or a feel of, oh, man, another missed opportunity. BYU got one of these games earlier that we didn't expect. So I think there's less pressure on BYU to have to beat UCLA or have to beat Utah State. Certainly the urgency is there, but it's nice to get one that maybe most of us were not expecting outside of the team. So, yeah, you're right. I mean, BYU is going to need four quality wins, but getting one that's unexpected makes everyone feel like, well, if BYU can win at Houston, why can't they beat Utah State on a neutral floor? And why can't they beat UCLA on a neutral floor? And why can't BYU beat St. Mary's in Provo and maybe sneak one against Gonzaga in Provo? Then all of a sudden the Cougars have some meat on their resume. So this is a good jump start, and it certainly takes some of the sting away from San Diego State. Now, all of you need to become San Diego State fans so that that's not a, like, quad four loss. So hopefully San Diego State doesn't tank, but... Because our fandom will change their... (laughs) No, oh, wait. (laughs) I know that it won't change, but you know what I'm saying. Like, root for San Diego to do well so that it doesn't become this detriment to BYU. But... Yeah, it it pushes BYU uh, two big steps in the right direction. Uh, There are like 50 steps to take to get to the NCAA tournament, but it's two steps in the right direction. Yeah, I'm going to enjoy the journey. It's not all about NCAA tournament or bust. I just think it's going to be hard without Gavin Baxter and Yoli Childs for nine games. What a great win. What a great shot. They're ahead of schedule. Awesome. BYU's ahead of schedule, in my opinion. Uh, And I think that they will win a majority of the first nine games without Yoli gone. Or sorry, without Yoli playing. I think it's good. It's good. Our question of the day. Which BYU athlete, coach, or team won the weekend? A lot of good that happened. And why? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation. 
on BYU Sports Nation. At Bobo underscore Sarah on Twitter. I think basketball gets this one. The buzzer beater made for an exciting game since it was that close. It was a big win and helps a new coach and team without some of their big players have some positive momentum going forward. People are taking notice after that win. Uh, yeah, that was a really nice win at Houston. You know who really won? The second highest pay or the highest paid employee of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Kalani Satake. Okay. If, if the AD wears a shirt that says extend Kalani, <laughs> you're getting paid, dog. You're getting paid. Millionaire Kalani Satake won the weekend. Absolutely. Hashtag BYUSN <laughs> Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Coming up, assistant coach on the men's basketball team, Nick Robinson, on the win at Houston. And ESPN College Football Insider Trevor Maddich joins us for another Maddich Monday. Is he concerned about Zach Wilson's return performance against Idaho State? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Join us at the top of the hour for Coordinator's Corner on BYU TV as Jeff Grimes and Ed Lamb discuss the Idaho State win and the game at UMass. It's coming up at the top of the hour on BYU TV. We are live in Studio B. This is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Hashtag Extend Kalani has become a thing. We've got the... Uh, the decor of Hawaii on our desk because BYU is going to the Hawaii Bowl in late December. Things are good, right? And to discuss that, we bring in ESPN analyst Trevor Maddich on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline. Trevor, um, have you ever been to Hawaii? And if so, what uh, advice do you have for us? I've been to Hawaii many times, and my advice is wear sunscreen. <laughs> I remember Amen to that. Yeah, they, they were in our conference when I played at BYU, so we went there twice. And the, the funny thing was that you'd always have some hotshot sophomore or freshman that, that would go out to the beach. Now, now they're leaving the snows of Provo, Utah. They go to the beach in Hawaii, and they figure they're only going to be out there for 15, 20 minutes. And so they don't need sunscreen. So they feel pretty good. They don't feel it's all right. So they stay a little longer and a little longer, and they don't feel like they're burning. But what's really happening is that pasty skin that has been bundled underneath sweatshirts and parkas all winter long <laughs> now is cooking, and you don't know it. And we had guys, young guys, in the locker room before the game in excruciating pain, having trainers and equipment managers pull their, their shoulder pads and jerseys onto their body, scraping over the sunburn. Oh. And the older guys said, we told you. We, we told you. Let's talk about the uh, big news now is after the game, players had shirts. That's, I don't know if they were given the shirts or whatever. But they, it said, extend Kalani. Then a uh, video came out in the locker room uh, from Neil Powell, who's redshirting this year, wide receiver, of Tom Homo revealing under his jacket an extend Kalani shirt, hugging Kalani and the team going crazy. What's your opinion of uh, what appears to be probably an extension for Kalani Sataki at some point? Well, if it does happen, I think it is fully appropriate. I think Kalani Sataki is the perfect coach for BYU at this time and going forward. And I think that he's got a chance to be there for 20 years and to make a career similar to Lavelle. Now, I wouldn't put on him the pressure of succeeding at a national level the way Lavelle did. He may, uh, it, it may not be quite that. The, the college football world is different today. But from a standpoint of the, the right combination of qualities, 
to be a BYU head coach that will succeed in football, that will lead men, and that will represent the university and the church the way they want it to be. I can't think of anybody better than Kalani Sataki. Trevor Maddox with us on BYU Sports Nation. Let's discuss BYU's fourth consecutive win now, 42-10 triumph over Idaho State. In your opinion, Trevor, did BYU in any way, shape, or fashion sleep on Idaho State? Well, you don't want to sleep on Idaho State. We've established that for the last several years. <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think BYU lost a little bit of, of focus because it was Idaho State, and they saw on tape that this was an FCS team that came in 3-7, and seven, and they'd been getting just blistered by, by teams in their, own, in their own division or their own subdivision, the FCS. And so I think maybe they lost some of the focus that keeps you fully disciplined. There were too many pre-snap penalties and other penalties that were avoidable. There were, there were too many mistakes and busted assignments and things like that. And I mean among the, the starters. I mean in the first half. And I think that those things will need to be cleaned up. Now, is that something that I'm alarmed about? No. I think that happens sometimes. It's been a long, stressful season. And I think the guys, you know, may have, uh, may have come into the game um, not, not as ready as they would have had this been San Diego State. So it's okay. And I don't mind it in the second half at all when the backups began to come in because those are guys that haven't really played as much as maybe they would have hoped. Uh, over the course of this season because there have been so many close games. And it is critical to get them there. And I would consider those mistakes to be teaching moments of guys that are gaining experience that they'll need for next year. Overall, I'm happy with the game. Zach Wilson was able to come back and get his feet wet again. I think that the mistakes that were made, they were able to overcome. I think it was a great send-off for senior day. And while you can, you can nitpick it from a standpoint of what they need to do better going forward, I think the things that they did well and what this game represented was a, a fitting send-off for these seniors, and I'm glad that they won this game. Zach Wilson went 19 of 31, two touchdowns, one pick, three sacks allowed. What did you think of his performance for the first time in seven weeks? I thought he did well. I mean, he's not making any kind of an excuse that he was rusty, but he was rusty. And the thing about Zach is that, first and foremost, he's a baller. He, he feels it, and he lets it fly. And you've got to get back into the rhythm of feeling it at game speed. Plus, your body has to get back into the rhythm. I mean, he went, I think he was down to the left side at one point, and kind of his legs, I think, uh, gave out a little bit on him, and he ended up going down in a situation where I thought he would have continued on into the end zone otherwise. And that's Turf just a monster. matter of. What's that? Turf monster, that's right. That's just a matter of not being, you know, fully up to, to game speed once again. So I, I thought it was a good return for Zach. Is there any concern about that rust moving forward, knowing that BYU has UMass and then a tough one at San Diego State? No, because, you know, he got to shake off a lot of the rust in this game. UMass is a team that you don't want to sleep on. We've, we've seen that happen before, but UMass is just terrible this year. So he'll be able to get up to speed. It'll be a quantum leap forward in quality when they go to San Diego State. But I think two games like this will be plenty enough to get the rust shaken off. Because remember, you know, it's, it's, I don't want to say it's like riding a bicycle, but there's a real, there's a real familiarity, there's a muscle memory, there's a, an emotional memory to the way that Zach plays, which is, once again, go out there, see it, feel it, sling it. And I think two games is enough to get him ready to go to compete well against San Diego State. Now, you'd think that UMass is better than Idaho State. Then the line will tell you otherwise. Idaho State was a 17-point dog to BYU. 
Yep. UMass is a 39, or sorry, a 33-and-a-half-point uh, dog to Idaho State. 39-point dog for UMass. 39. Yeah, please, please censor that. Please censor that in the locker room. Uh, BYU should come out and handily win this game, but you know this is this is a team that needs to practice, that needs to groove the habit of being fully focused every minute, every drill, every meeting, every rep in the weight room, so that it shows up on game day. The coaches are teaching that. The coaches are coaching that. But you know, you're talking about young men here that uh, that are in the process of developing into the best college football players they can be. And that, that mental focus during preparation, they need to prepare the same way against UMass as they would if Utah were coming up again. Trevor Maddich of ESPN with us on BYU Sports Nation. The Cougars now bowl eligible. Trevor, what has been the biggest difference, in your opinion, between BYU as the 2-4 and four team that had just lost to Toledo and USF to now the team that beat Boise State, Utah State, Liberty, and Idaho State? I think they're growing. You know, I think they're growing, and I think the the rotation of quarterback that had hurt them so badly in recent years when guys have gotten hurt, all of a sudden now you've got three guys that you've got to be really happy about. I mean, I'm happy with all three of them. And so I think that's a positive thing. I think that builds confidence to know that they can they can lose some guys to injury and they can still come out and play winning football. And I think part of it, too, is that the season early was brutally physical. I mean, brutally physical. I mean, early on, you're playing a, an SEC team that's been built to compete in the SEC. You've got Utah, which is one of the most physical teams in the nation. I mean, the way that the Utes are playing right now, they're playing at the line of scrimmage from the line of scrimmage out like a team that can compete with the best in college football. Not necessarily beat everybody, but a team that won't get pushed around. And that kind of physical depth, BYU had to open the season with. The third game was USC. The fourth was Washington. And by the time they got to Toledo, I mean, that's, a, that's kind of brutal. Now, I wouldn't want them to say this necessarily, but I'll say it because I'm not, I'm not the one that's you know, in the locker room. Now, I wouldn't want them to think of any excuses, and I have no... I have no you know, knowledge that they are. As a matter of fact, it looks like they're not. But the fact is, you finish a four-game stretch like that, then you lose to Toledo and USF on the road in the next two games. You know, you're trying to get your legs back under you, for goodness sake. And I think that's a big part of it. So, you know, but then they came back and they beat Boise State. Remember that part, too. You know, they lost at Toledo after the Washington game. They lost at USF, which was a head-scratcher. But then they came back and they beat Boise. And so I think they got themselves on track and their legs back under them by then. Let's talk about the Pac-12. You uh, talked about Utah a little bit there and BYU's schedule. Where do they fit in the college football playoff discussion? Because right now they feel like an outsider, but perhaps Oregon or Utah sneaks in late. They could. Utah and Oregon right now, the winner of that game, assuming they both went out to the Pac-12 championship game, has a good chance, especially since Alabama now has lost Tua. Uh, at quarterback. And the thing is, it will be probably the SEC and the Pac-12 only that will have a, a top 10 matchup in their conference championship game. Now, it's possible that the Big Ten could get there and do that as well, but it's most likely that while Alabama is sitting at home with a backup quarterback watching the Pac-12 championship game on TV and getting no extra juice from the committee, the the winner of the Utah-Oregon game, again, assuming that they went out to that point, will end up having a top-10 victory to finish the season in the, the, the last 
impression on the committee when they make their final choices for the for the college football playoff. And so I think Oregon, Utah is playing better. Utah has much more dominant, I think, resume right now in terms of how they're just handling opponents. Oregon has had a couple of close scares here recently, but Utah's loss at USC was rough. And people say that having Zach Moss, their great running back, out for much of that game should accrue to their favor, and that's true. But at the same time, USC had a backup quarterback as well. Yes. So you know, there's it's kind of a kind of a wash when it comes to that. And the committee is big on how bad your loss is. Oregon's loss is at Auburn. Or excuse me, it was against Auburn uh, in a, at a neutral site. But really, that was by three inches. The, Auburn had a fourth down that they converted by three inches on what became the game-winning drive when Oregon had the lead. And if they had stopped them three and a half inches shorter than they did, Oregon would be undefeated right now. And that, that loss is a, you know, if a loss is a good one, that's a pretty good one. So I think when it comes down to it, the fact that two is out, the fact that, that Oregon has that good loss against Auburn puts them in the best position to get the Pac-12 into the playoff if, they went out and looked good against Utah in a win. Trevor, as always, fantastic stuff. We will remember your recommendation to wear lots of sunscreen in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, we, we won't make that mistake. Yeah, please please don't, because otherwise it will really be hilarious when you try to put your shirt back on. <laughs> you got it. Thanks, Trevor. Thanks, guys. Trevor Maddich of ESPN on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. Speaking of quality loss, hilarious sign at Baylor on college game day Saturday. It said, Germany declared World War II champs because of quality loss. (laughs) (laughs) It's about wins. But it's in the conversation, right? Which is fun. And and it's starting to heat up. And uh, let's just, uh, I'll speak for everyone. Go Ducks, right? Go Go, go Ducks. (laughs) The Utes are already insufferable. They'll be even more insufferable if they actually make the college football playoff. Uh, Oh, my gosh. Okay, coming up, the details of the buzzer beater at Houston. And our going for two results. Did that buzzer beater affect either one of us in any way? Who cares? Be what you want. Be a sports station. And then one pick? Join us tomorrow night for the penultimate. Second to last, BYU Football's Kalani Satake show at 8.30 Eastern, 5.30 Pacific on the BYU TV app. Lots to discuss with him. Reserve your seat on BYUcougars.com slash Satake show. A jam-packed Monday show, and we don't have much time to waste, so let's keep it rolling and whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. Cougars defeated Idaho State 42-10 on senior day. Micah Simon had 110 all-purpose yards. Sione Finau led the team in rushing with 102 yards. Zach Wilson, 19 of 31. Two touchdowns and a pick in his return. BYU at UMass Saturday. BYU football officially accepts an invitation to play in the Hawaii Bowl. The game set for Christmas Eve at Aloha Stadium. BYU will face an opponent from the American Athletic Conference or maybe the Mountain West. Maybe it's Hawaii. Men's basketball. The Blue Cougars take down Houston 72-71 on a TJ Haas buzzer beater. Ken Palm had this as an A game. He had Houston as the number 28 team in the country as well. Big time road, uh, non-conference win. Alex Barcelo led the Cougars with 16 points. BYU plays at Boise State on Wednesday night. Harding inbounds to Haas with three seconds. Haas pulls up, fades away. Gets it! Houston! 
Mark Durant. Mark Durant. That was all of us in that moment. That was all of us in that moment. That was great. Yeah. Soccer. BYU women's soccer dominates Boise State 5-1. to It's held in the first round of the NCAA tournament. The Cougars have now outscored competition this season 73-10. to Oh, my gosh. Four different BYU players scored, including two goals from Cameron Tucker. BYU into the second round for the 11th time in 20 trips to the bracket. They'll host Louisville on Thursday, 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific. Cougars in the NFL. Fred Warner led the Niners with 12 tackles and a tackle for loss yesterday in a comeback 36-26 win over the Cardinals. Warner leads the team with 70 tackles. Wow. Taysom Hill had one rush for two yards, a reception for two yards, and returned to kickoff for 12 yards in the Saints' 34-17 win over Tampa Bay. Kyle Van Noy with five tackles, a sack, and a tackle for loss in a 17-10 Patriots win over the Eagles. And Daniel Sorensen and Michael Davis set for tonight as the Chiefs take on the Los Angeles Chargers of San Diego in Mexico on Monday Night Football. Cougars in pro hoops. Tons of mariachis in that one. Eric Mika put up 25 points, 13 rebounds, in a 109-99 Stockton Kings loss to the Austin Spurs. And Kyle Collinsworth, 11 points, 13 rebounds, and four assists in a 102-77 Salt Lake uh, Stars win over the Santa Cruz Warriors. Brandon Davies led Barcelona with 20 points in 18 minutes in a 94-72 win over Estudiantes. Elijah Bryant scores 12 points. The students? Grabs nine rebounds and a 94-57 Maccabi Tel Aviv win over Ashdod. Cross country. The women's team won the NCAA Mountain Region Championship, and the men's team took third. Both earned trips to the NCAA Championships this Saturday in Terre Haute, Indiana. Volleyball. BYU women's volleyball loses again what? to San Diego. The what? 24th-ranked Toreros hold on in five sets. The Cougars did lead two sets to one, but fall short and are swept in the season by the Toreros. BYU now firmly in second place of the WCC. Heather Knighting led the team with 11 kills. San Diego has BYU's number. Beat BYU twice in five this year. Doesn't happen Wild. often, or hasn't happened often, I should say. It's time to go for two. Can you predict the future? These guys think they can. We're going for two on BYU Sports Nation. Jerem with an 11-7 lead going into the weekend and BYU football's matchup against Idaho State. I'm trying to make a run here. Pick number one, I said BYU by 30-plus points. Line and is 33 and a half. barely got it. Line is 33 and 32. a half. 32. didn't cover? I just realized that. No. <laughs> I told you this would happen. I told you this. I'm like, it's going to be close. And we let him off the hook. BYU by 32. So I still get that pick right. But, man, I went conservative, and it still was barely right. Pick number two, I said BYU would lead by 20-plus at the half. And BYU by 25 at the half. I was it took really the block concerned. punt to I do know. it. I know. I was like, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It took the block punt, which was hilarious. Holy cow. Pick one. Joe Critchlow will complete, complete two-plus passes. Yep. AP Jofo was five for five. He looked fantastic. 58 yards. Are you kidding me right now? And he should have been six for six. Oh, no. No, the, the catch to Keanu Hill was, was uh, a completion, right? It yeah. didn't count because of a penalty. Oh, it was a penalty. The play didn't he exist. Should, he should have been six for six. And um, pick two. BYU will rush for four or more touchdowns. <laughs> BYU rush for three. So uh, Finau, Simon, and Tonga. Well, if they don't kneel it out at the end, then you get that pick as well. 
Sportsmanship sucks. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, that was a great move by BYU to do. That was great. Updated scoreboard now. Jaron with 12 points. I have nine. BYU now with three games left to determine the going for two champion. UMass. Trying to hold on here. San Diego State and the bowl game in Hawaii. Trying to hold on. Coming up, we're going to show you the TJ House buzzer beater again and again because it was awesome. Uh-huh. And we're going to relive that experience through the eyes of assistant basketball coach Nick Robinson. Where was he? What was he feeling? He'll tell us next. This is BYU Sports Nation. Mark Durant's like, yeah! BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Breakdown Cougar football with Dave McCampbell and Fowler and David Nixon tomorrow and after further review. 7 Eastern, 4 Pacific on the BYU TV app with a rebroadcast on BYU TV Wednesday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 Pacific in the morning. Yes, do that. On Tuesday and Wednesday, but right now let's break down BYU basketball with Nick Robinson, BYU basketball assistant coach in Studio B. What a game against Houston. How would you explain the final five seconds of BYU's win over Houston? Uh, complete calm and then pandemonium. It was fantastic. <laughs> it was great. What, what went into that final play? Because the previous two possessions, uh, I don't think we BYU got up a shot, right? Turned it over. Houston takes the lead. Now in this moment, okay, there was a carry. BYU gets the ball back. Yep. Then what? Yeah, Coach Pope, right, goes into the huddle, right, completely calm, uh, draws up the play, right, and as we could see, could see, we give it to TJ. TJ dribbles, right, a couple times and uh, finishes his shot. We talk about it all the time. It hits the rim in a weird way but goes right through the net, and uh, we were really, really excited. Describe your emotions through those final five seconds right there and as that ball goes up and then hits the rim. I, I think for all of us, we were just kind of on uh, edge, right? Just what's going to happen? Uh, except for Coach Shork, right, who as soon as that ball left TJ's hand, he was <laughs> jumping. jumping up and down. He was really, really excited about uh, that thing going in. But, uh, you know, I think for all of us, we uh, you know, felt like we had that game uh, pretty much in control throughout, right? A really gutsy performance by our guys uh, defensively, right, rebounding-wise. And Houston, they made a, a really nice comeback. Um, but that uh, carry – uh, or the traveling call, right, I think gave us just a little bit of light and a little bit of hope, and uh, TJ took advantage of it. Okay, the shot bounces once and down through the net. What's going on in your life for the next two minutes? So I get a huge hug from Cody uh, Fieger. Everybody else is hugging. Everybody's sprinting to uh, uh, TJ. And, um, you know, then at uh, some point we realize, wait, we need to go shake hands uh, <laughs> with Houston. And so we do that. And then uh, we get uh, up to the locker room as fast as we can and, and uh, enjoy the celebration there. Uh, Mark Pope with the veteran move of bringing the water jug into the locker room. That was next level. Oh, it was fantastic. And thankfully, <laughs> uh, I think the first jug that he opened up was uh, the Gatorade. So uh, he switched to the water. That, was, <laughs> oh, that would have been a mess. <laughs> that would have been a mess. Another thing that was awesome was, and we had uh, Dave Rose in here Thursday talking about it, but Dave Rose was courtside with Cheryl. And he's at his alma mater in their new gym that opened up last year. And he's watching BYU beat his alma mater. That was, that was a pretty cool experience. People came over to him right after, too. Yeah, what, I mean, what a neat experience for Coach Rose uh, to be able to, you know, be in the gym at that particular time, as well as with TJ making that shot, right, a guy that he's grown and developed over the years. Uh, you know, I can only imagine what it must have felt like to, uh, uh, to be in his seat. Uh, but he gave a nice fist pump, um, you know, while, that, while that ball was still in the air. That's right. BYU basketball assistant coach Nick Robinson with us on BYU Sports Nation. What does a win like that at Houston? And they just don't lose at home. 
I mean, one time, I think, in the last 37 games going into Friday night. What does a win like that mean for this team and BYU into the future? Well, Coach Pope has said it, you know, kind of from day one, right? That's, you know, our ability to be able to fight through adversity, to overcome challenges, right? To do things that may seem impossible, um, you know, is something that our guys have bought into. And to be able to, uh, you know, fight through a, a game like that, uh, to build an early lead, uh, to overcome a little bit of adversity there in the second half, uh, and to be able to walk away with a win. Now, there's still areas that we've got to improve in, uh, but I think overall, right, our team, uh, you know, is able to believe just a little bit more, right, that uh, we, we can make things happen when the chips are down. Describe that belief to us, because right now this team is still getting over the loss of Gavin Baxter and obviously adapting without Yoli Childs for nine games. And so this win means a lot in that regard, but d- just describe that belief and that confidence right now with this group and what this win meant for that. Yeah, I mean, for our guys, right, they're an experienced group, right, and uh, they obviously have a great reputation offensively, but I think that belief has, you know, started to sink in defensively, right, and rebounding, right, more and more, and so, you know, to be able to put those three aspects of the game together, uh, you know, on the road at Houston, uh, where they've got, a you know, an amazing winning streak, uh, an incredible coach, right, incredible fan base, uh, you know, just builds a little bit more confidence for us. I can't say how impressive it was to Grind out a win against Southern Utah. I mean, the Thunderbirds gave you everything they had. It was an ugly win, but to travel, you have one day and then you got to go and beat Houston. Uh, I had myself, I was just asking myself on Friday night, how did, how did BYU do that in this week? How did you do that? Yeah, well, I mean, it really felt kind of like a conference situation, right, where you have a game and then one day to prepare and then another game. And, uh, you know, Wednesday uh, was a good day for us, right? I mean, in terms of the preparation, uh, obviously that, uh, you know, the staff in terms of scouts, right, Coach Burgess, Coach Feger, um, you know, and then the game plan that's put into place for each of those games, uh, you know, by Coach Pope, and then our guys' ability to come out and execute, right, the game plan, uh, I think really helped us to be able to you know pull off uh, both of those victories buzzer beaters are fun right nick buzzer beaters are awesome (laughs) (laughs) i'm just glad that tj was able to stay on his feet (laughs) (laughs) i'm glad you don't have gatorade all over us that's that's a good thing great to have you in studio man great to be here thanks nick at boise state wednesday looking forward to that one coming up the swag daddy and the ginger mamba what they have in common our rise and shout outs are not to be missed this is BYU sports nation Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation on a very busy Monday. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show wherever you get your podcasts. And it's on demand on the free BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Today's rise and shout-outs now. Jeremy, I'm giving it to the man that brought in the best grill on Saturday. Jamal Williams back oh, at LaBelle Edwards Stadium, yeah. signing autographs, video bombing us on Countdown to Kickoff, giving memorable interviews once again. In fact, uh, one of my favorite in-game interviews that I've ever done. Here's a little bit of that. I'm good, you know what I mean? And I got a cougar tail. Somebody brought me a cougar tail just now, so I'm all types of happy. <laughs> I've, never, have the donut. I've never been unhappy with a cougar tail, ever. I've never been upset, annoyed, ever. Yeah, he said, man, if I had a cougar tail every day, I'd probably get two touchdowns for the Packers every game. <laughs> like, okay, all right. He's awesome. Everyone loves Jamal. Loves the swag dad. Mine goes to TJ Haas. Yeah. The final shot, and yes. here's a picture that uh, Houston took 
and gave to BYU a still frame. If you haven't seen it, it's on oh! the social media. I mean, TJ, this was a tough shot, well defended, and he faded away. And you look at the people in the audience, there's only like one or two surrender Cobras at this point, um, as the fans don't know if it's going in or not. But what a shot from TJ Haas in the royal blue. For the win. Oh, and that sea of red. Oh, awesome. It's There's always, so much context to that game. Yes. Uh, yeah, what a shot. Like, all-time moment. Fantastic. Loved it. Yes. Loved the Coach Rose angle as well. Maybe Coach Rose won the weekend. Who knows? Yeah, maybe. I, I did put out a still frame Friday night of Coach's right arm in the air as the ball was in the air. So he knew it was going in. He called, he called it, it, baby. He called it. Question of the day. Which BYU athlete, coach, or team, or former coach, won the weekend and why? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. At BYU fan CJ on Twitter answers, new coach Mark Pope beating a team picked to be top eight without your star player wins normally, but then the bowl invite happened. I'm being Switzerland here and saying both won for different reasons. Yeah, there were a lot of winners. There were a lot of winners. You know who doesn't win? Uh, BYU fans this week. So let's explain the situation at UMass with the TV. So <sighs> it's going to take a sec. Flow football is going to charge you 20 or 30 bucks to buy the game unless you have Nesson. Um, you can you can purchase Nesson uh, on a, all kinds of satellite providers. Yeah, NESN. To, NESN, the New England Sports Network, otherwise known as Nesson. Um, and that's how you can watch the game. Of course, BYU Radio has the game, uh, always. BYU TV, we did try to get a rebroad, er, rebroadcast and a simulcast of the game unsuccessfully. It's different than last year. People are like, why would Tom Homel ever agree? It's not in Tom Homel's hands. No. You sign a game with that. Uh, with the road team, and then the road team dictates the rights. It's like the road team doesn't say to BYU, we don't want to be on ESPNU, we want to be on ESPN2. It's just what ESPN figures out with BYU at home. Home rights, uh, the home team dictates rights. Neutral game, you can work out the rights beforehand, but not true road. One in nine UMass. One in ten, aren't they? Are they one in nine? I think, that, isn't this their last game? I, Maybe I'm it's just, one in ten. They're, 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 so one in, they're one in really bad. They're so bad. Yeah. They are so bad. Okay, more uh, responses to our question of the day, which BYU athlete, coach, or team won the weekend and why our elite voice of the day, presented by Sundance Mountain Resort, comes from a huge BYU Sports Nation and BYU basketball fan. Tasha Lynn 19 on Twitter says, Teej, the smile on his face and the celebration after that game were priceless. One of my new favorite BYU sports moments. It was so good. So good. One of the shots of the year. All right, we have some breaking news at the end of our show today. BYU Sports Nation breaking news. BYU has announced a contract extension for head football coach Kalani Satake. Hashtag extend Kalani is official and it will take him through the 2023 season. Kalani Satake extended as the head football coach at BYU through the 2023 season. His current contract was set to expire in 2020. Congratulations to Kalani Satake. So that's a three-year extension, and Kalani is officially extended. That's great news. We talked about it earlier in the show, but this is a guy that the coaches uh, and fellow coaches and players love, recruits love. He's put more of himself into the defense this year. We've seen a change. There have been some changes behind the scenes with the offense. We've seen BYU take a step forward. 
Four-game win streak. BYU's going to win eight or nine games this year, it would appear. This is a great move for BYU and, and one that is fantastic. This quote from Tom Holmo. We are pleased to announce a contract extension for Kalani. We believe in him and the direction of the program. Together, we are committed to creating a bright future for BYU football. He, he continues. I truly appreciate the continued support. Oh, sorry. Kalani Satake says, I truly appreciate the continued support that Tom Homo, President Worthen, and the BYU administration have for our program. I love our players, coaches, and fans, and I'm excited about the future of BYU football. BYU football just put out the video officially of Tom Homo with the Extend Kalani shirt, and it says, Our Coach. Oh, man. So there you go. Kalani Satake, I think this is a great move. I think this is the right move for BYU. I think he's the right guy. He's the right personality as well. And, and, and blind resume, think about successful D.C. at a Power 5 program. Granted, it was Utah, and it was against BYU, and that was tough, right? But this guy has wanted to be um, in a position to be able to influence these young men in a way that is off the field, obviously wants to win on the field. The schedules are really hard, and BYU's loaded up. But BYU somehow got through that this year and are going to get to that kind of minimum threshold success sure. mark um, we've talked about, which is eight, which in the new uh, – independent schedules is more like a nine or 10 sometimes. And we have to remember that there is still a learning curve for Kalani Satake. This is his first head coaching job and he's had some really hard lessons to go through in those first few years. This to me says that Tom Homo believes that that learning curve is now going to translate into consistent success. And he had to make some changes this season. He had to fire Ty Detmer. Are you kidding me? Like, so beloved at BYU? Had to fire Ty? That was hard. But it was a move that needed to happen. And midseason had to make an adjustment with, okay, Aaron Roderick, let's have more of your influence on the offense with Jeff Grimes, with Fesitake, with Steve Clark, and so on. That room is talented in their abilities. At 2-4, and four, there was a chance that BYU was not going to extend Kalani. Had BYU lost to uh, Boise State and been 2-5, and five, I'm thinking we're not sitting here talking about Head coach Kalani Stocky extended through 2023. But the changes matter. Where are you going? BYU's headed in the right direction. Certainly. Four straight wins, about to be five straight wins. Just maybe it's six and, dare I say, seven it if might be. BYU can win out, including a bowl game. I want a compelling matchup in the bowl game, but I also want to win. I want both. Our thanks to today's guests, ESPN College Football Insider Trevor Maddich and BYU Basketball Assistant Coach Nick Robinson, the man knows buzzer beaters. Yeah, he had one at Stanford from like half court, which was awesome. Sorry to Dennis Pitta, we ran out of time, and we are not extending you. The conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYU. Kalani Satake extended as the head football coach at BYU through the year 2023. It is official. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Let's shout out to Kevin Nixon, another buzzer beater yeah, guy. Yeah, another right? buzzer beater guy. There you go. <laughs> Keep it right here on BYU TV for Coordinators Corner next with Greg Rebell, Jeff Grimes, and Ed Lamb. I'm sure they'll be discussing the contract extension. Mm-hmm. Go Kooks!